Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. got your Bibles this last night of these series of services, um, the book of Ezekiel chapter number 47. It's a very familiar text. I don't plan to hold you too long when he said White's Pizza was going to be open. I said, well, I don't want to be the one standing between you and food, and I also don't want to be standing between me and food. So we're going to, we're going to get into this, and uh, I don't plan to hold you too long tonight. Ezekiel chapter number 47, just just a little bit of reading and then I, I want you to be seated. If there's one thing that I have felt throughout this whole revival, it's, it's that um, the Lord has intentionally set a challenge for this church to move forward and to go deeper move forward and go deeper and so that's what we're going to talk about tonight the word tells us in the book of Ezekiel chapter 47 verse number 1 after afterward he brought me again unto the door of the house and behold waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward for the forefront of the house stood toward the east and the waters came down from under the right side of the house at the south side of the altar. Then brought he me out of the way, out of the gate northward, and led me about the way without unto the utter gate by the way that looketh eastward. And behold, there ran out waters on the right side. When the man had the line in his hand, he went forth eastward. He measured a thousand cupids and he brought me through the waters. The waters were to the ankles. Again, he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters. The waters were to the knees. Again, he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters were to the loins. Afterward, he measured a thousand and it was a river that I could not pass over for the waters were risen, waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed over. Over, And he said unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen this? Then he brought me and caused me to return to the brink of the river. And when I had returned, behold, at the bank of the river were very many trees on the one side and on the other. And I want to skip verse number eight and go to verse number nine here. This is what I truly felt for this church. It shall come to pass that everything that liveth, which moveth, whithersoever the rivers shall come, shall live. 
and there shall be a very great multitude of fish because these waters shall come thither for they shall be healed and everything shall live whither the river cometh. Tonight with the help of the Holy Ghost I'd like to preach from this exclamation. Somebody in the room I believe there's a couple actually here right now Release the flow. It's not, uh, I, don't believe, I don't believe that the flow the Lord wants to produce at Medora Pentecostal Church is only going to come when heaven opens up and pours in and does its own work. I believe the flow is going to come out of you. I believe the flow will be produced out of you. And so I want to preach this tonight into somebody's spirit. Release the flow. Release the flow. Can we close our Bibles? Let's lift our hands and let's use our voice tonight one more time to cry out to the Lord to talk to us. Jesus, Lord, we need to hear from you tonight, God. Lord, I'm desperate, Lord, to hear your voice, Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you would open up the heavens, God, that you would pour out upon us and that, Lord, we would release, Lord Jesus, a flow in the Jesus. Lord, we love you. Uh, Lord, we praise you. Just a few more moments. I feel that right there. Uh, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I love you, Lord. Uh, oh, Jesus, we're trusting in you, God. We're leaning on you, Jesus. We glorify you. We magnify you tonight, God. Uh, Lord, you're worthy tonight, Jesus. You are worthy, Lord. Uh, hallelujah. Let's clap our hands one more time. Let's worship him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In this vision that Ezekiel has had given to him by the Lord, uh, he is picturing, he is seeing in this vision a, a building. He's seeing a building in that time, that was referred to as a temple. It was a place. It was a location. It was, uh, it was structured. It had a roof. Uh, it, was, uh, it, it had a door that you could go in and out of. Um, but when we fast forward to today, when we fast forward to 2023, I have to understand the, the, the comparison here in this text specifically, what Ezekiel is seeing compared to what we know according to the New Testament, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 16, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. It was an important day when you received the Holy Ghost. It was, it was a, a, a day, a seminal moment for me that I will never forget, a moment uh, that, that changed my entire life. It, it changed the trajectory of where my life was going. It altered everything within me. That's not to say I didn't mess up after I received it. But in the mess up after I received the Holy Ghost, I had a help. I had something to lean on. I had, I had a weapon that we talked about yesterday, a weapon that I could grab hold to to, to fight the adversary. And if I, if I, if I could say anything tonight, to, to, to encourage 
someone in the house, if you have not received the Holy Ghost, if you have not spoken in a heavenly language as the initial evidence of receiving the Spirit of God into your temple, I would implore you before you leave this house tonight to receive it. I would ask you that you come into this altar tonight. Don't go home without that gift. Don't go home without that that gift that God said was freely given. I, I pray that everybody in this house receives the Holy Ghost and that you live in that, that moment, that reception. I, I, I thank God for the day that he filled me. I thank God that that, 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 that day came about in my life. I, I'm going to be honest, uh, a lot of circles, a lot of places that we've preached, it amazes me, and I, I think I've touched on it even a, another night. It amazes me how many people really do uh, have this idea that they can make it to heaven without the Holy Ghost. It, it blows my mind, and, and I, I don't necessarily want to sit and argue with anybody on whether or not it's biblically which I believe it is, but I'm just going to tell you. I, I, I'm not going to argue with them that the word says you got What my argument is initially is to let them know you're going to need the Holy Ghost just to make it through the rest of the mess in this world. You're going to need the Holy Ghost just to make it through the rest of the time that you're here. I believe that you got to have it because when the Lord splits the sky and he goes to lift us off of the earth, if I'm not filled with his spirit, how am I going to leave his world? I have to be born of the water and of the spirit. I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful for the day he filled me and I became a temple. I became a temple. In Ezekiel's vision, as he sees this building, this structure, he also begins to see water that is flowing out of this building. It doesn't tell us specifically the quantity of the water. It doesn't tell us uh, the, the speed of the water, the force of the water. All it says is that there's water flowing out. And, and because of the progression in the scripture, I like to think that this water bubbling up out of the temple starts out as just kind of like a trinkle. It starts out as just a, a simple flow. Y'all, any of y'all got creeks around here? I ain't seen creeks. I've seen some rivers and ponds. But if you, if you know about a creek, sometimes the creek gets down when there's not been rain in a long time, but, but there's still just enough water there's still just enough movement that it never stagnates, it never stinks, it never gets nasty, but the water's still just, just, it's flowing very softly. I've been around down in Tennessee on the farm that we grew up on. There's, uh, I think there's roughly about six or seven springs, natural springs, and I loved going to every one of them. Lord have mercy. That was my adventure growing up, was going to them springs, camping out. That was back when mamas and daddies were okay with kids camping out by themselves on the farm. Man, I had some good times then, and I'd camp out right next to that spring, and that was my water source. I remember, it's kind of gross, I remember even one time uh, I killed a lizard and cooked it over the fire and took one bite of it, and yeah, I was done. I was like, somebody get me some spam. <laughs> somebody, I, I was trying to be the wilderness man, and that did not work. <laughs> that did not work. <laughs> but going out there and, and around those springs, those springs never run dry. They, they never run dry. There's always some type of flow, even if it's not forceful, even if it's not a large quantity, there is water coming out. And I believe that that is what 
Ezekiel saw in this vision was that as he saw the water coming out of the temple, there was a trinkle. It, was, it started out as just a little bit, just, just a little bit of water coming out. And I have to understand the parallel in this as well, that not only am I the temple, but according to John chapter 7, verses 38 and 39, he that believeth on me as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. So what I need us to understand, as you are sitting right now, you are a temple and there is a flow. If you've been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, you are the temple of his spirit and there is a flow that can be produced out of you. There is a flow that can be channeled through you from eternity. God can use you to be the very source of that river of life that produces health and produces miracles, signs and wonders and every bit of it has to do with what is on the inside of you. But you've got to be the one that decides I'm gonna release the flow. I'm not going to bottle it up. I'm not going to dam it up in my spirit. I'm not going to be selfish with it. I'm not going to keep it to me, my foreign, no more, but I'm going to release it. I'm going to release it when I'm at work and don't nobody know what I'm talking about. I'm going to release it when I'm at church and nobody else is moving. I'm going to release it when I'm at home and everybody around me at home is doing stuff they shouldn't have been doing. I'm going to release it. I'm going to release what God has put in me because I know it can make a difference. I know it can make a change. I know that according even to this scripture here from Ezekiel that the waters make a change in the environment. What is released from the temple makes a difference to everything it touches. Everything. But Ezekiel, as he comes down to the brink of the river, started out as a trinkle, started out as just a little bubble coming out of the temple. But I envision it this way, that as it leaves the temple and travels downhill, it begins to build up momentum. It begins to build up speed. It begins to build up power. That same farm that I'm talking about, me and my little sister, we were in the creek. When we grew up, we were in the creek every day. Every day I was catching snakes. I was catching crawfish, crawdads up here, whatever y'all call them up here. I was catching minnows. I'd reach down in there, and I didn't, I didn't care how big the snake was. I, I don't, my mom and daddy didn't know what I was doing. I was just, I, I'm Pentecostal. We, that's what we do, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'd put my foot on, it, on the back of its neck and I'd reach down and grab it right behind its mouth and I'd walk around holding that thing. I had no problem with it. Lord Jesus. <laughs> they didn't taste good either. I'm just gonna tell you. <laughs> Some of y'all's like, we can't have this guy back. He's messed up. <laughs> but I remember after, when we would go down there to the creek and the water had gotten down real low, it, you couldn't play in it, you couldn't do nothing. But then all of a sudden, we'd have this heavy rain come through. And it would be so heavy that even while the rain was still coming down, I, I remember sitting on the bank of the creek and watching the water build. Right. Watching it. I, I would set markers in the creek. 
I would set markers on the other side of the creek, stack rocks up just to see how high the water got in a short period of time after the rain had come down. And it always amazed me how fast it would build and that power that was behind it, the force that was behind it. Me and my little sister would, uh, my mom and dad were like, yeah, y'all just, y'all go have fun. Y'all do whatever you want to do. And so we, we'd go down into that creek. Once the creek got up to where there was a lot of force and a lot of momentum, we would literally go and sit down in the creek and just let go and let the water take us. <laughs> just let it, I don't recommend that. Don't do that. <laughs> But that's what we did. We'd sit down there and there was so much force in that water that it would pick up this big old bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken and it would push me down the creek. There was enough force and enough momentum and enough power behind it that nothing could stand in its way. Nothing could stop it. There was no force that could present itself to that flow that would cause it to stop moving. But because that momentum built as Ezekiel stood there on the brink of the river, the water that started out as a trinkle had now built up to where I believe there was force. There was momentum. Thank God. Thank God that we've reached that place. I believe MPC has reached that place where it's not a trinkle anymore. It's not just a little bit of water spurting out here and there, but that there is a flow and there's a force behind it. There's power behind it. There's momentum behind it. And it's taking you in a specific direction. When the water begins to flow, it knows where it's going. It's already made the path and that force is pushing it in the right direction. But Ezekiel, you can't stay on the brink where it's easy. You can't hang out just in the shallow area. Thank God that there's a flow. We can shout, we can dance, and thank God that there's a flow. We can have good church in the shallow flow. <laughs> we can have amazing church right here where the flow is still moving, but, but, but I'm, I'm able to control everything because the water's not really coming up that high. The water's not really reaching a, a level that I lose control, so I can still control it, and I can still do what I want to do, but we can praise God that there's a flow. We can have good church right here, right here on the brink. But the man that come to him and began to measure said, I, I understand I understand that that level up here is a good level to hang out in, but, but Ezekiel, there's something out there that I need to show you. There's, there's something out there deeper that I need to show you. And so what the scripture tells us is that this man began to measure. And that word measure, when you get down into the word and you begin to study the translation in the Hebrew, that word translates to the word madad, meaning to stretch. It wasn't a measurement of inches. It wasn't a measurement of, of centimeters. It wasn't a necessarily, it says in the scripture, the cubits, but, but that word right there where it is in that context of the verse means to stretch. Every now and then stretching feels good. When I wake up in the morning and I get that first morning stretch in, man, it feels so good. But you have an accident or you fall and break something and you go to physical therapy and they try to stretch you, you want to punch them in the throat. It hurts, it's uncomfortable, it's inconvenient. I don't really like it. It's, it's, it, 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 I, it's not something that I would like to do. It puts me at odds. I, I, I like to be comfortable and you're trying to stretch me and stretching me makes it inconvenient for me and it makes it to where I just, I, I, I'm not willing to go any further because I just don't like to be stretched. 
Stretching me it means that I can't do my own thing because, because you're doing a work in me and you're pulling me and you're tugging at me and, and you're yanking at me and I would rather just sit here. I'd rather just enjoy things like they are. But, but Ezekiel walks up and this man begins to stretch and says, if you're going to go deeper, if you're going to get out there into deeper depths, I'm going to have to stretch you. I'm going to have to inconvenience you. I'm going to have to, you're gonna feel a little bit of pain and it's gonna cost you a little bit and it's, it's gonna be some sacrifice on your part, but I promise you that getting from the shallow to the ankle is worth every bit of the stretch. Getting from the shallow church to the ankle deep church is worth every bit of the stretch. But guess what, Ezekiel? Once I get you out here to the ankles, I'm gonna stretch you again and I'm gonna take you out to where it's at your knees and we're gonna have good church right there. We're gonna shout, we're gonna dance, we're gonna have a move of God and see miracles, signs and wonders. But once you get out there, guess what? I'm gonna stretch you again because there's another level that comes up to your waist. We're gonna have good church there. We're gonna have revival there. God, I'm gonna pour out special blessings there. But guess what, Ezekiel? Once you get there, I'm gonna stretch you again and I'm gonna take you out to the depth that you can't control anymore. Thank God for the flow, and this, this is where I'm getting to, where I'm gonna get in this real quick, and we're gonna move fast. Thank God for the flow. Thank God for the flow that we have in the church. But what is a flow if there's no depth? What is the flow worth if it's not taking us deeper? What value can I really get from a flow? if it's not taking me to territory. The very first message I preached during this revival about more beyond. What good is that flow if I'm, not, if I'm not experiencing deeper depths in God? You see, I remember, I remember in school, I learned about this certain squid. There's a certain squid I learned about and I wish I could remember the name of the squid. I'll have to look it up later. But I remember in class learning, there was a certain squid that, that lived in the ocean that during the day when the sun was shining its brightest, this squid would come up towards the top of the water and it would swim and have a good time up there towards the top knowing that it was putting itself at risk. And eventually what would happen is that squid would have an enemy, a predator that would swim by and would grab a hold to it, lock it in its jaw. It was there to devour it. It was there, it was there to kill it. And as that squid got caught in the jaw of its enemy, the jaw of its predator, what it would do is it would begin to maneuver itself to get out. It would slide its way. It would, it would wiggle its way out of the jaw of its enemy. And if the squid was ever able to shake itself loose from the grasp of its enemy, of its predator what it would do is it would turn its nose straight down and it would swim as deep as it could. And what would happen because of the anatomy, because of the makeup of that squid and, and how it's, its bones and its, its skin and how it's, it, it, was, it was able to withstand the pressures of the depth. 
and it would eventually swim so deep as its predator, as it's, as it's, it's, it's coming down and following that squid to the depth, it would eventually reach a place where that predator said, wait a minute, you're, you're going to a level now that I can't go to. You're getting to a depth that I can't attack you in. You're getting down to a level that I'm not able to follow. And so I'm just gonna have to let you go and you're just gonna have to keep going deeper because I can't attack you there. I need somebody to grab a hold of this right now. If you want the devil off your back, you've gotta stop fighting him on his level. You've gotta take your prayer life deeper. You've gotta take your relationship deeper. You've gotta take revival deeper. You've gotta take your family deeper. You've gotta go to a depth that the spirit can't, the, my, the, uh, the Holy Ghost is with you, but the devil can't follow you. You've gotta take it to a level that your carnality can't go to. You've gotta get lost in the spirit. God, take me deeper. Take me deeper, Lord, than I've ever been before. This adversary that we are fighting, I am so tired. I'm so tired of the church seeming like we're always on defense when we need to be on the offense. I need to be proactive with my depth. When everything is going good and money's good and health is good and the church is good, I don't need to take that time to sit back and kick my legs up. I need to take that time to go deeper. I need to take that time to pray deeper so that when the devil comes knocking again, I'm already on a level he can't fight me at. I'll tell it to you like this. Here, here's, I believe it's in the book of Luke. I may have even marked it. Book of Luke, chapter number nine, chapter number eight. Jesus comes off the ship and this maniac comes at him. And begins to ask him, Jesus, what do you want with me? And Jesus asks this man, What's your name? He's speaking directly to the spirit. He's speaking directly to the demonics possession inside this man because everybody knew this guy was a maniac. Everybody knew this guy was messed up. He says, what's your name? And he said, my name is Legion for we are many. And immediately, immediately, the spirits begin to bargain with Jesus in the scripture. And it literally says word for word, for the Lord not to cast them into the deep. Because the devil can't survive in the deep. The devil can mess with you in the shallow flow. But when you get out to the deep, he can't follow you. When you take your walk with God to the depth, when you take it out, when you let the flow move you in the direction to the deep, there's a place that you're gonna reach in the Holy Ghost where even when the adversary starts tormenting at you, he can't touch you, he can't do nothing about it because you've got a confidence in the spirit that you're filled with. And my God, I believe the Lord is calling somebody in this house to that depth, to that place that you've never been before. And the Lord wants you to Release the flow so that it takes your neighbor deeper, so that it takes your family deeper, so that it takes this church deeper. I didn't know. I did not know. When we hit the road, the greatest, the greatest expression of faith that I had ever encountered was quitting my job. 
with one, with one appointment booked, trusting that we were going to be okay. It was so scary. No matter how many people come and pat you on the back and say, God's got you, man. You're going to be good. You're all right. You just, you preach. You do you. None of that mattered. There was a fear inside of me. Lord, can I trust you? I believe that you can do it, but God, this is something I ain't never experienced. I've got a wife. I got two children. I can eat bologna, but I don't want them to have to eat bologna all the time. But what I had no idea of was the fact that in that, that transition, in that decision that I was making, there was a flow that God had already released in my life. There was a flow that was beginning to build. There was momentum. There was power behind it, and I didn't understand it. But what the flow was doing was trying to connect me to the deep because the deep was crying out to me. And I did not understand it. I didn't hear it because up to that point, I, the, the deepest that I had gone was where I thought my life was. This is the deepest we're going to experience. We're just going to preach in this. We're going to have revival in this. This is it. This is the best. But I'm here to let somebody know there is always more room for stretching. There is always more room for the Lord to grab a hold to you and say, okay, I know you've been enjoying church right there at the knees, but if you'll let me, I'm gonna take you deeper, but you gotta let me stretch you. If you're only praying 10 minutes a day, I'm gonna stretch you and you're gonna pray 30 minutes a day. If you're only fasting one meal a month, I'm gonna need you to stretch and fast one meal a week. If you're only studying the word for five minutes every morning or every once a week, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to stretch you to where you're reading the word every day and feeding that spirit inside of you because that's the only way you're going to get deeper. That's the only way you're going to get deeper. But the flow, the flow that needs to be released, I think of, I think of the story of the 5,000 sitting on the hillside, not including the women and the children. They're all hungry. About like me right now. They're all hungry. Jesus has been speaking. He's been teaching. And now these people are like, man, we love what you've been speaking. We love the teaching. But my Lord, we could go for a hot dog right now. Go, somebody get us a happy meal or something. And so Jesus comes to the disciples and tells them, I have compassion on these people. I want to feed them. And so this lad comes up. And all he's got is five loaves and two fishes. We know the story. He knows that what he has is not enough, but something in him says, if I give you something that to me is not enough, somehow I believe you're gonna turn it around and, and it's gonna end up being enough plus some. I, I just, I have this feeling. So what I have, what I do have, it might not, my neighbor may be judging me thinking, is that really all you got? That's fine. My, na my neighbor may have more that they're able to give, but I only got two mites. I'm going to put my two mites in and I'm going to make sure I do my part to let the Lord know I'm willing to give whatever I've got. What I've got may be less than what you've got, but I, I can still give of my all to the Lord. The man, the boy gives, gives the five loaves, two fishes, and Jesus takes it, he blesses it, he breaks it, and he, he begins to disperse it to the disciples to go and to serve and to hand out on the hillside. And so he, the disciples, they, they grab it in their hand. They're like, man, I don't know what good this is going to do. We got 5,000 people, not including these women and kids over here. This ain't going to do nothing. But nonetheless, at the word of the Lord, we're going we're gonna to serve. And so they turn around and 
and they hand off that first round and they're high-fiving each other like, yeah, we did what God told us to do. That's all we got though, so I'm sorry. Everybody else, these guys were the lucky ones and they turn around and, and Jesus has more in his hand. <laughs> and they're like, dude, what? okay, yeah. They, they grab it and they're like, okay, well, that, that had to be it. That was it. They hand more out and they're like, okay, we're done. That's it. They turn around and Jesus has more. And I, I like to think that maybe Jesus is sitting there like, guys, I need you to stop trying to make sense of this. I need you to stop pausing. I need you to stop getting caught up in the, in the celebration of what you have done and understand you're in the middle of a miracle right now. I need you to understand that you're in the middle of the flow and you've got to tap into what I'm doing right now. You've got to tap into the production. You've got to tap into the multiplication and start turning around and keep serving. Keep serving, keep serving until the last person is fed. I've got enough to give, but I need you to get connected to the flow. Unfortunately, I believe in Pentecost. We've developed this culture now. Everybody comes to church wanting to be served, but don't nobody want to serve. What I mean by that, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour before church starts, how many of us, including myself, how, how many of us are genuinely sitting down and saying, Lord, what can I do tonight to add to the flow? What can I do tonight to increase the move of your spirit in the house? We like to come and, and I'll put it, I'll put it in preacher's terms. We, we like to come and sit back and expect the, the pastor to preach something to us. And pastor, if you've preached it before, I'm not gonna get with you because I've heard it. <laughs> it's a story I've heard. It's a message I've heard. I just can't, I, I need you to serve me appropriately. I need, you, I need you to do your job. I need you to serve me. And so we get caught up in this culture that's been developed where we come in, we sit on the pew and we just wait to be served and I never go and pray for somebody. I come to the church and, and we go through all that we always do in the service, but I walk out that door knowing that I never laid hands on my neighbor to pray for them. I never, I never grabbed a hold of their hand and joined them in the altar to serve them because I was waiting for somebody to serve me. But if you're wanting to get in, lost in the middle of the flow, if you're wanting to release the flow, you're, we, we've got to adapt ourselves, our mentality to the understanding that when we come to the church, we're not here to be served, we're here to serve. We're here to serve. I'm here to come into the house and to bless somebody else. And if I don't get a blessing in return, you know what, that's fine. But I wanna get lost in the flow. I can't help but think that maybe the disciples even, they're handing all this food out and somewhere along the way they're like, bro, Judas, man, aren't you hungry too? Peter, we, we're starving too. Here we are feeding these 5,000 and all these women and kids crying. We're, we're feeding them. When are we gonna get ours? When am I gonna get the blessing? When, when, is God, when is Jesus gonna bless us? We're hungry too. Man, had y'all just gotten quiet and got lost in the flow, you would have understood that at the end of that entire flow, you would have turned around and there would have been 12 baskets left over, one for each of you. But you've got to get lost in the flow. You've got to stop thinking about what you're going to get out of it and what I'm going to get out of it and just get to serving, get lost in the flow. And at the end of it, there'll be a whole basket left over for you. Somebody wants to come back to the piano. 
One more time. We're going to put them wheels out on the plane. I go back to the story even in 2 Kings. The woman came to the prophet. Elisha told him. The debtor is coming for my two sons. My husband's died. And I don't know how I'm going to pay this. I don't know how. I don't know how this is going to work. The prophet asks her, what do you have in your house? What do you have in your house of value to the Lord? And she says, well, I ain't got much. We're poor. But I do have a pot of oil. I do have that. And the prophet looks at her and says, I just, I, I, I kind of see the gears turning in Elisha. Here's an opportunity of the flow right here. This is the opportunity for the flow. He says, I need you to go and to take your sons and I want you to collect as many vessels as you can. The scripture says, not a few. Collect as many vessels as you can. Take them into your home. Shut the door and pour. There's two things that that have to be tagged along with, connected to the flow. There's faith and obedience. You will not have the flow if you don't have faith. Can I, can I say it like this? There's some in here in this room, you need to be practicing some crazy faith. Some situations going on in your family, in your homes, some financial issues that seem impossible. Practice that faith, even when it doesn't make sense. Even when people are gonna look at you and think that you're a weirdo. Practice that faith because that faith will produce a flow in your life that you never thought you would have. And then that flow is gonna drive you to a depth that you never thought you would be. It takes faith and it takes obedience. Mushed together, stirred together. And so the woman obeys the man of God, goes and collects the vessel, shuts the door, and then by faith, she takes the one pot that she has. And here, here's, how I, here's how I've always pictured this. She starts at the beginning. She's got a whole line of vessels sitting everywhere in her home. She takes that one pot that she has and she goes down and she fills every vessel that she can with what she already had until finally she reaches a vessel where she knows that's it. That's all I got. That was the last drop. This thing is bone dry now. She turns it up. And as she turns it up, there's a little bit more weight put to it. Okay, that's weird. She goes to the next vessel. And by faith and obedience, she turns it. And there's just enough that pours out one more time to fill that next vessel. And it empties again. It's bone dry again. She turns it up and the weight comes back. I don't understand this. Turns it back over and what was bone dry, once again, oil is produced. God. And she turns it over and there's just enough to fill the next vessel. 
I believe every time she turned it over, she had to have more faith that said, when I flip this thing back over, there's going to be more again. I, I don't believe that it stayed full the whole time. I believe it was a continual faith. It was a process of faith that she had to have inside of her to know this is empty now and it's full. It's empty and it's full. It's empty and it's full. And the only way the flow stopped was because she ran out of vessels. She got caught right in the middle of a flow in her own home. You want to know where the flow is built? The flow is built here in the house, but the depth comes in at home. The flow is produced here when you're in the middle of worship and the pastor's preaching and bishop's preaching and somebody's dancing and shouting and the worship goes forward. That's where the flow is produced. But the depth sets in when you get home and you let the Lord stretch you. God, stretch me, Lord. Let's stand tonight. I believe, I believe with all of my heart there are souls in this house right now that I'm talking to. The Lord wants you to adapt to the depth. You, you, you have had a wonderful experience. I, I, am not, I am not downgrading what experience you have had up to this point. If you've been in that, you, you, only you know how deep you've really been because this evangelist doesn't know and I'm not, I'm not willing to sit here and to tell you how deep you've been. That's between you and God. But, but I can tell you there are some in this room that you've been ankle deep and you've had a wonderful experience. You've had mighty moves of God in your life. You've, you've been joyful. You've, you've felt the love of God, the peace. All of that has been there. There's some of you that, that, that you promoted somewhere in your life from the, from the ankles to the knees. And you've been having some mighty moves of God where you've been at the knees. And, and I'll go as far as to say there's even some that have been having church in waist deep water. You've been in relationship with God at waist deep water. But in each one of those stages, there's someone, there's an angel, there's God himself manifested, standing there with a line in his hand, asking you, will you go deeper? Will you go deeper? Because here's, here, I'm, I'm gonna get back to this verse right here in verse number nine. And I lost my, bookmark here verse number 9 of Ezekiel 47 this is Medora right here Medora Pentecostal Church this is it right here it shall come to pass that everything that liveth that's every home around this church that's every soul around this church that's every city around this church which moveth whithersoever the river right here coming out of this church bubbling right here shall live and there will be a 
great multitude of fish because these waters shall come thither. You wanna know what thither was? That man was pointing to the deep. The deep is where the fish are at. The deep is where the souls are at. The deep is where a revival in this church is at. The deep is where it is a continuous stage of revival. Every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Tuesday night, MPC will never have to schedule a quote-unquote revival again because you are always in it. And that's only in the deep. It's only in the deep. These waters shall come thither for they shall be healed. You want to know where the, the certified miracles are at? In the deep. You want to know where blinded eyes are going to get opened again in the church? In the deep. You want to know where the lame are going to walk? In the deep. You want to know where deaf ears are going to be open? In the deep. You want to know where cancer is going to be healed on a regular basis? In the deep. But you've got to let the flow drive you there. You've got to let the flow push you out deeper. Everything shall live whether the river cometh. Oh, Jesus. God, I gotta take this fight. I, I, I'll just, uh, where's Brother David at? Is he hiding on me right here? Sister Grace, thank y'all for the opportunity of the podcast. That is, it has changed everything. It has. Just gonna get personal for, for just a quick second before I open this altar up. You want, you want to know how to overcome pornography? You want to know how to really overcome that junk? It's not going to be a five-minute prayer. It's, it's not going to be being faithful to the house of God and sitting on the pew and having pastor preach right at you every service. That's not going to do it. I did that. I did all of that. I had my checks. I had, I had my check marks down, down my list of things that I was supposed to do to get rid of pornography in my life. You, you want to know what really started making the impact and what really started pushing the adversary out and pushing the addiction out? It was when I sprawled myself out in a floor somewhere. I buried my face into the carpet and I said, God, take me deeper. God, take me deeper. Lord, I can't fight this mess in shallow water. Take me deeper, God. Lord, I can't fight the tobacco. I can't fight the alcohol. Where I am, God, take me deeper. It's gluing yourself to the floor for longer than 30 minutes and praying until you start speaking in tongues. Brother Brent, that's impossible. 
That's impossible. We don't do that. We can't do that today. Nobody does that today. I'm telling you, if you really want to get out of the junk in your home, if you want to get out of the junk the devil's throwing at you, if you really want a healing on your body, you're going to be willing to make the sacrifice to dig deeper into prayer. You're going to be willing to get down and, and posture yourself uncomfortably if you have to and begin to pray, God, take me deeper. Take me deep. Oh, Jesus, can we lift our hands and just begin to pray right now? The Lord's about to release something in this room. In the name of Jesus, the flow is going to be released in this house tonight. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, God. Lord, if my neighbor don't want to go deeper, I'm going to go deeper. If my sister and my brother don't want to go deeper, I'm going to go deeper. Lord Jesus, I'm going to do it, God, because I'm tired of shallow church. I'm tired of shallow prayer. I'm tired of shallow relationship. Lord, I want to take it to another level. I want to take it deeper. Right there where you're at, would you please just press for a minute. Press for a minute into the Holy Ghost. If you're filled with the Spirit of God, if you've ever spoken in tongues, I pray that you'd open your mouth right now and begin to pray. The Lord's unlocking something. Something's releasing in this room right now. Lord, take my marriage deeper. Lord, take my children deeper. Oh, Jesus, I pray, God, that you would take my pastor, my man of God, and his wife deeper. Take the bishop deeper, God. Stretch us. Stretch us, Jesus. Here, Oh, Jesus. Lord Jesus, let's step out of our seat right now. Let's step out of our seat. Keep your mind on the Lord. Keep your mind on the Lord right now. God's going to do it. Before we leave this house, the Lord's wanting to release something. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorchurch.com to learn more about our ministry.